Luke chapter 18 and our text is that verse 9 as it was last week verse 9 and he the Lord Jesus spake this parable unto certain that is certain individuals which trusted in themselves one of those individuals was this Pharisee that the Lord spoke about in the parable certain was trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others the Pharisee and the publican last Lord's Day morning we considered the Pharisee our point then was the man who boasted in prayer we noted his place just go over the points quickly we noted his place because he stood and prayed with himself wasn't so much that he prayed alone no he prayed with himself he was caught up in his own world his own world self praise self exaltation self righteousness he prayed with himself as far as the Pharisee was concerned there was nobody like him that was his mind his thoughts of himself he poured scorn on everyone else but he didn't see any sin in his own life we point that out perfect example of that is in John 8 when the Pharisees brought the woman who was taken in the doctrine and brought her and set her in the midst said that she was taken in the doctrine even in the very act and then the Pharisee said the scripture says she should be stoned to death well they saw the sin in that woman's life but those Pharisees couldn't see the sin in their own lives so then when the Lord said let him that is without sin cast the first stone if the scripture says she's to be stoned to death but then let any one of you who is without sin then cast the first stone at her we know how they all departed all convicted why because they there was sin in their own lives but they could only see the sin in the life of that woman and here again is an example of that this Pharisee couldn't see sin in his life but he saw it in everybody else as well as his place you have his prayer and how he prayed such a self righteous prayer prayed about himself how good he was how great he, he was 
I righteously walk. You find tonight that Paul prayed about himself also. But it's a very different prayer. Paul prayed, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Paul prayed about himself, but as I say, it's a very different prayer. O wretched man that I am. Paul knew his sin. Paul saw his sin. We know that how sanctimonious this Pharisee was. Sanctimonious. He felt he was better than everyone else. Praised himself. Not enough to praise himself in the presence of others, but to praise himself in the presence of God. What a wretched individual this Pharisee was. Isaiah tells us, Isaiah 65 and verse 5, which speaking of those which say, Stand by thyself, come not near to me, for I am holier than thou. These are the smoke in my nose. That's what God said. A smoke in my nose, a fire that burneth all day. The word nose is a word that means anger. And instead of the Lord praising the Pharisee, what the Pharisee said angered the Lord. It angered him. It was like standing with getting smoke in your nose and in your face. How obnoxious that is. And then there was his scorn. He scorned the publican. Proverbs 30 and verse 12. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes. The Pharisee. Pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. That was the Pharisee. We notice not only his place and his prayer, we notice his practice. How he said how he fasted twice a day and gave a tenth of all that he had. We pointed out such things should not be boasted about in public as between an individual and the Lord. Yes, tithes are to be given to the Lord, but as between the Lord and the individual. That brings us now to consider we have looked at the man, the boasting man in prayer. I want this morning to look at the bowed man in prayer. Everything about the Pharisee speaks of self-righteousness. Everything about the publican speaks of self-abasement, humility. We notice first of all his position. Look at the position of the of the publican the Lord tells us of the publican 
standing afar off. Verse 13. Standing afar off, remember, he and the Pharisee and others are in the temple, the hour of prayer. Even though that was the publican's physical position, we can say it was certainly not his spiritual condition or position. For that publican was standing nearer to God that day in the temple than the Pharisee ever was or ever could be as long as he adopted that self-righteous attitude. He certainly approached the Lord, that is the the public and he approached the Lord in the spirit of humility. Standing afar off does not mean he was standing afar off from the, the Pharisee as the Pharisee was standing afar off from the publican. No. Instead it means that when the publican stood reflected his humility of heart. His humility of heart. He was so conscious of his own sin. The publican was very humble while the Pharisee was very proud. That's what it means. The publican felt his unworthiness in the presence of a thrice holy God. Because of his sin in his life, he felt that he really couldn't draw near to God. He was so conscious of sin in his life. So very different from the Pharisee. Publican felt his unworthiness. While the Pharisee was so full of self-righteousness that he bragged to God how good and how worthy he was. Believer, when we pray, remember the Pharisee. We don't want to be like him in any way at all. For when we go in to the presence of God of ourselves, we have nothing to brag about. We have nothing to boast about. No. We are what we are by the grace of God. Nothing to do with us. So when we pray, let us not only follow or remember the Pharisee, but let us follow the example of the publican. Follow his example. For there's no place for being proud in the presence of God. Instead, we come confessing our sin, conscious of all our faults, and all our failings as we read in Proverbs 28 and 13 he that covereth his sins 
shall not prosper. So when they come before God, there's no point coming before God covering our sins. We are to confess our sins. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But who confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. That's what we want, isn't it? We want the mercy of God. We want the Lord to have mercy on us. And we will know that mercy if we come confessing our sins to the Lord. That's where we must begin. As well as his position, we notice his posture. The Lord tells us that the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes on the heaven. The Pharisee, he was the man boasting in prayer. The publican was the man who was bowed in prayer would not lift up so much as his eyes on the hill. He felt his sin. You know what it's like <clears throat> when a child is found out and doing something wrong and mum or dad challenges them, what do they do? Stand with their head down. They know they've done something wrong. But here's this publican and he's standing with his head down. He knows he has done wrong. He knows that he has sinned. And standing afar off would not lift up as so much as his eyes unto heaven. And this tells us that this publican was conscious conscious of a sinfulness he felt that he could not look up into the face as it were of a holy God he knew his sin he felt his sin he was conscious of his sin and he could not even look up to heaven he was too unworthy to look up this posture reminds us of Ezra Ezra was a great man of God and Ezra when he came before the Lord to pray he adopted the same posture listen to this here's Ezra's prayer oh my God I am ashamed and blush to lift up my face to thee my God for our iniquities are increased over our heads and our trespass is drawn up into the heavens notice what Ezra said our iniquities 
He didn't say their iniquities. He included himself and the iniquities of Israel. Oh my God, I am ashamed and blush to lift up my face to thee, my God. For our iniquities are increased over our heads and our trespasses grown up into the heavens. Ezra 9 and verse 6. That shows us that the Pharisees showed no shame whatsoever. They had no shame at all. No sorrow over the sin in his life. But by the posture of the publican, he was aware of his sin and was ashamed of it and was ashamed even to look up. What a difference. So when we come before God in prayer, let us follow the example of the publican. We come before the Lord, doesn't matter when it is, we come before the Lord with our sin. We don't go through a day without sin. We're not sinless. Not at all. All of sin comes short of the glory of God. And no matter when we come before the Lord, we bow before Him. We bow our heads before the Lord, recognizing, realizing that we have sinned. And we need a cleansing afresh in the blood of Christ. The psalmist, Psalm 51, verse 17 said, A broken and contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. A broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. We come before the Lord in prayer and we're broken because of our sin, because we yielded to temptation. A broken and a contrite heart the Lord will not despise. And that's why he did not despise the prayer of the publican. Oh, the Pharisee did. He despised the publican. But not the Lord. The Lord's the one who matters. As well as his position, his posture, we notice his pounding is beating his breast. The Lord said the publican smote upon his breast. This action was a symbol, a sign of grief, an anguish of sorrow. 
over to Luke 23. Luke 23, verse 48. And all the people that came together to that site that is the Calvary, beholding the things which were done, smote their breasts and returned. They saw one hanging upon the tree. They saw the dear Saviour suffering and bleeding and laying down his life. And some at least were filled with sorrow. And to express that sorrow and that anguish, they would smoke their breath. Well, here we have the publican doing the same thing. This teaches us that the publican was conscious of his sin. Expressing his sorrow over his sin by pounding upon his chest. There he stood in the temple. Pounding upon his heart. Showing that he was sorrowful. And was grieved. Because of his sin. But now when we come to pray. We may not pound our breasts, but nevertheless, we're to come before the Lord confessing our sins. That's a must. That is a must. Psalm 32, verse 5. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgivest the iniquity of my sin. See, when we come to pray, and we do not confess our sin, we go out from that place of prayer with sin still in our hearts and we have already been told we will not prosper unless we confess that sin sin we know holds back the blessing in our own lives in our own hearts and David says I acknowledge my sin unto thee in mine iniquity have I not hid acknowledges a sin unto God I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord and thou forgivest the iniquity of my sin see that's how he finds forgiveness when he confesses his sin so we have the position the posture and the pounding we also have the plea verse 13 
and the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes, his eyes on the heaven but smote upon his breast here's his plea God be merciful to be a sinner now there's something there in the words of the publican that we can easily miss what we have here in our authorized version God be merciful to me a sinner in the original it is God be merciful to me the sinner the sinner in other words the publican came before the Lord believing he was the sinner that there was no one as sinful as him God be merciful to me the sinner I am the sinner why what a contrast between the publican and the Pharisee in their prayers the Pharisee I thank thee that I am not like other men are extortioners, unjust, adulterers or even as this publican yet the publican said in his prayer I am the sinner remember what Paul said Paul believed he was the chief of sinners Paul acknowledged his sin just as the publican did God be merciful to me the sinner there's something interesting here in these words of the publican you take those words be merciful to me be merciful to me four words and are authorized in the original Greek it's one word alright it's just one word and that one word means to atone to make reconciliation to propitiate so you can see what was on the mind of the publican he saw atonement for his sin he wanted to be reconciled to God by this propitiation the word propitiate means to appease or to pacify and we know that God hates sin God hates sin for he is a thrice holy God and wherever he sees sin he has a holy hatred for sin and here the publican is praying to be 
for God to be pacified and that's exactly what Christ's death on Calvary and the shedding of his blood does for those who come to him confessing their sin what took took place at Calvary what took place there God's justice was pacified the justice of God demanded that sin be judged that sin be dealt with but there at Calvary Christ shed his blood for his people and God was pacified because the price had been paid for sin and it was paid by the Lord Jesus Christ turn to Hebrews there in Hebrews 2 Hebrews 2 verse 17 wherefore in all things it behoved him to be made like unto his brethren Christ to be made man that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God listen to make reconciliation for the sins of his people all who trust in Christ as saviour they are reconciled to God and God is reconciled to them why? because the price has been paid without the shedding of blood there is no remission there is no removal of sin and in our unconverted days when we were unsealed we were against God and God was against us because of our sin but then Christ went to the cross Christ made reconciliation through the shedding of his blood we were reconciled to God and God was reconciled to us that's how this publican was praying he knew the truth a lot more than the Pharisee and since the word propitiation means to appease bringing about reconciliation that can only take place through the shed blood of Christ that's it that's why when believer you and I pray we can come unto the Lord with boldness because we come on the ground of the shed blood because we're accepted we've been reconciled to God and God has been reconciled to us 
through the blood of Christ and so when we come to pray again let us remember this publican and how he prayed and the words that he used God be merciful to me the sinner something else publican and the pharisee they were in the temple we're told they were in the temple and being in the temple there upon the altar in the temple there would be the sacrifice there would be the sacrifice which of course would point forward to the sacrifice of Calvary would point forward to Christ and here this publican would have seen that sacrifice on the altar and that would have spoken to him of Christ the sacrifice on Calvary. God be merciful to me these sinner. On the ground of the blood of the sacrifice of Christ. He was praying, Lord, I want to be reconciled to thee. I want thee, Lord, to take away my sin. I want to be reconciled to God. So when we pray, when we pray, confessing our sins, always remember, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How? By the precious blood of Christ. Praise the Lord. We turn to First John. First John chapter two. Now we have that word propitiation again. First John two, the first two verses. My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin we have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ the righteous verse 2 and he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world that would mean the whole world of his elect If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And so it is through Christ again that we are reconciled to God. We have our sins removed by the blood of Christ and we're able to draw nigh to God because we've been reconciled to him and he 
unto us. What a wonderful book this is. You can take one word and it means so much. And there's so much teaching. And one word or one phrase. As we have seen here even with the word propitiation. To pardon. To reconcile. Through Christ we've been pardoned. Reconciled to God. Praise the Lord. So we've considered the man who was boastful in prayer. The man who was bowed in prayer. Now we finish with the man who was blessed in prayer. The Saviour now declares which of the prayers of the two men would be accepted. There, verse 14. I tell you, this man, the publican, when died to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. You look at that verse 14. Notice how the Lord begins. I tell you. I tell you. The, the words of the Lord. The Lord's word is all that matters. I tell you doesn't matter what the Pharisees said. I tell you. I tell you which prayer was acceptable. I tell you. Pharisee thought his prayer was acceptable. In his eyes he was such a wonderful individual. Such a righteous man. Here we have, first of all, the Lord's testimony. <coughs> the Lord gives testimony on the prayer of the publican. <coughs> notice, notice the Lord barely mentioned the Pharisee. That tells you something. He barely mentioned the Pharisee. He barely mentioned the Pharisee. He just said the other. That was the Pharisee. The other. After all that the Pharisee said about himself, the Lord didn't even mention anything that he said. That tells us what worth the Pharisee's prayer was. Was worth that. Lord didn't even mention it. But he did make it clear whose prayer was acceptable. For he said that the publican went down to his house justified rather than the other. The word justified 
means righteous. You think of the contrast there. The Pharisee, full of self-righteousness. And the Lord didn't even mention a word that he said. And when he spoke about the publican, the Lord said, he's the righteous man. He went down to his house justified, or he went down to his house righteous. There stood the Pharisee, full of self-righteousness, believing that he had acceptance with God. Instead, it was the publican who showed humility in prayer that the Lord said was righteous because he confessed his sin he got right with God he got reconciled with the Lord he found pardon and peace and assurance that's what matters neither sin dealt with sin removed we're to find acceptance with God if your sin has not been dealt with you're not acceptable in God's sight simple as that doesn't matter what you've done and what you are there's no acceptance with God the Lord made that clear here when he gave his verdict and the two individuals this man the publican went down to his house justified righteous he went down to his house a man who got right with God the Lord's testimony is the Lord's teaching but the Lord now teaches why the publican went down to his, his house justified and all had to do with humility and prayer it is very clear and evident that what the Lord expects what the Lord expects when we bow before him in prayer is humility I think that's very clear from what we have learned from this parable Instead, indeed, those words, everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased. The Lord expressed those words, spoke those words three times at different stages of his ministry. Everyone that exalted himself shall be abased. He mentioned them in Luke 14, 11, Matthew 23 and 12. So there cannot be any doubt that humility in prayer is what the Lord expects. And that's the prayer that will be acknowledged will be accepted 
and will be answered. The Pharisee was praising himself, boasting, bragging about what he had done. But the Lord said, Everyone that exalted themselves shall be abased. That word abased. Everyone that exalted himself shall be abased. That word abased means shall be made low, shall be brought low. Shall be brought low. And he that humbled himself shall be exalted. The Pharisee exalted himself. The publican was exalted by the Lord. You understand there, listen to that Pharisee. You might have said, boy, it's hard to listen to that man. Praising himself. Solomon summed it up well. Solomon had a word for the Pharisee. What was it? Let any man, let another man praise thee and not thine own mouth a stranger and not thine own lips in other words let others praise you don't be praising yourself exalting himself of course he was full of pride you know what James says God resisted the pride so in spite of what the Pharisees thought about himself the Lord didn't even mention the words of his prayer when he was giving his verdict in which of the two men and their prayers were acceptable and we know why God did not accept the Pharisees' prayer because God resisted the pride. Humility in prayer. That's what the Lord demands. That we follow the example of the publican and follow the teaching of the Lord. Amen. That's following prayer. Our dear Lord and loving Father, come before thee again in all our need. In the light, Lord, of thy word today, we bow before thee and seek a cleansing afresh in the blood. Take away all our sin. Save us, Lord, from being full of pride. For as we learned, God resisteth the pride. Lord, we don't want that resistance. We want acceptance. Accept our prayers as they're offered in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, be with us throughout this day. 
Bless us, Lord. Be pleased to return us to thy house this evening. We might learn more about thee. Lord, grant us all traveling mercy now. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide and remain with us now and forevermore. In the Savior's name we pray. Amen.